in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to The Gentleman Podcast. I am Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the independent third-party candidate, Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> That's right. I, uh, I, if, if elected, yes. I, uh, What's your platform, Glenn? My platform is this. I will do my best to provide a podcast every other week that does not suck worse than the week before. Uh, you've already broken your campaign promises. Uh, hang on. Uh, I'm a reform candidate. So okay. I'm reforming what I just said right. to say this. Okay. Uh, okay. I actually, that's, that's as far as I've gotten. Well, but. you know, politicians, we'll, we'll give you some more time. Then and uh, you know up until you got four years, I can to, waffle for a while. Yeah, you, you got four years to come come through with your campaign promises. So, okay, well, uh, you should be good there, right? Yeah, we could. Yeah, I, I'm I'm confident that we could improve the podcast mm-hmm. weekly uh, mm-hmm. at some point in the future. That's right. Thankfully, that's much farther down the road. We, we've only got a hundred podcasts in the bag. Uh, yeah, and we've got that would be like four hundred podcasts. So yeah, we got plenty of time. Plenty of time, uh, like most politicians. And uh, <laughs> speaking of independent third-party politicians mm. uh, that everybody knows and loves, mm-hmm. um, there is a site out there on the internet, and it's a third-party independent mm-hmm. site. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people know about it, but it's like they want to go to other big sites. Right. You know, like maybe you go to Google, yeah, or maybe you go to Facebook or mm-hmm. something like that. Like these, these, mm-hmm. you know, whatever these monolithic sites. GeoCities. Meanwhile, there's a third site out there. There's Google, Facebook, and then there's a site called Gentleman.com, mm-hmm. which is a welcoming community with things that make sense. Our platform makes sense. It like does. Make, you know what I mean? It's moderate. It's moderate. People care about each other. Yep. We're not spamming people with stuff. You know what I mean? We're not pushing ads in your face every time you click through results right. on stuff. You know, That's if you're right. scrolling through your Facebook stream and you see the video ads, we don't do that. That's right. On we're doing that we stuff don't do it like on purpose. That. Right. Um, <laughs> it's because we're the we're the independent third party candidate website. That's right. For, that everybody loves. Uh, but anyway, Glenn, <laughs> let's get into the episode before I talk too much political stuff. Yeah. Let's just say that, you know, gentlemen is someplace you should visit. And another place you should visit is podcast.gentleman.com where you can catch up with the old episodes. You can find some of the previous beers that we've rated. You can find some interesting links that we've talked about on all these po- previous episodes. You can go back through 100 episodes of the Gentleman Podcast on podcast.gentleman.com and you, your life can be enriched. Say you're driving across the country. Yes. Maybe you're driving across the world from Siberia to Newfoundland. And mm. you... Uh, I have no idea where geographically those two points are, but it sounded the right the right way to say that. Um, but if you're doing that, a good thing to put on would be the, the Gentleman Podcast. That's right. We have hours and hours and hours. You could take several trips around the world listening to the Gentleman Podcast. And you should do that at podcast.gentleman.com. And we would really appreciate that. And we'd also really appreciate it. If you do just a little thing, like say you've just driven around the world seven times and mm. listened to all the Gentleman Podcasts. Mm-hmm. You could also, if you take, if you are that committed to to traveling around the world and listening to gentleman podcast, a third thing that you could do would be to just send us a letter. Just take. I mean, you've already driven around the world. You've already listened to gentleman podcast. Surely you bought some postcards. Exactly. Uh, maybe from Borneo or something right. like that. Um, Bora Bora. 
you could pop one of those into the into the mailbox and address it to the Gentleman Mailbag at P.O. Box four four two three zero five Lawrence Kansas six six zero four four. We will get your letter. We will put it on the Gentleman Podcast. We'll talk about it. We'll put it up on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know is the Hall of Fame, and uh, we will send you a little something back in return. Uh, which we always do. Uh, failing that, if you have failed to travel around the world, mm-hmm. you've failed in other aspects of your life, mm-hmm. and maybe you just want to take a shortcut. Mm-hmm. Uh, one way you can continue to take shortcuts in life is by sending an email mm-hmm. to the Gentleman Podcast, howdyoutgentleman.com. We will gladly take your email. Same result will happen, except you won't get anything in return, and we'll think you're kind of lazy. But that's but, okay. But we'll still... Yeah. We'll still acknowledge We'll still respond. We'll still, you know, print it off, put it on the hall slash wall of fame. Yes. Most of the stuff happens. It's just not the coolest stuff. <sighs> That's all I wanted to say, Glenn. You can also get in touch with us with Twitter, Facebook, uh, Snapchat, Hot or Not, um, Plurk. There's another one that I, I was supposed to mention. I can't remember. Laura keeps telling me to mention. Um, the, the rich one. Um, um, farmers only. Farmers. Uh, <laughs> Laura keeps telling me to I can't remember the one. I get on it. Christian Mingle. Christian Mingle. Um, there's a lot of different places, a lot of outlets. Just go to your favorite social network and search for Gentleman, and uh, you'll find us. Hot potato. Hot potato. I made that one up. I have no idea. Um, Foursquare. Foursquare. Still around. Um, Gowalla. Gowalla. Not around. Um, Vine. Vine. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, well, also not oh, a- wow. around. That's too bad. I think. Uh, anyway, or, or, yeah. Anyway, well, that's enough of that, Brian. You, the, social networks. You can get in touch with us on them. And the parlor. And the gentleman and, and parlor. And the parlor, which is the most important and quintessential social network. That's right. You know, place. Basically, it's the most exclusive place on the internet, the parlor is. If you're on there, congratulations. <laughs> You've done well. You've done well for yourself. Okay, Glenn, well, let's move on and let's get to the uh, most important part of this episode for us. Not for the listeners, but for us, which is the drink of the week. Glenn. Right. Exit polls have told us that this is we're we're far catching and away. people on the way out listening to the podcast. Yeah. And while they're mm-hmm. most of them are blowing us off mm-hmm. and pushing us down on the ground. Yeah, not happening. Uh, we're just going to surmise based on uh, you know the data that we want to see that the uh, drink of the week is a really important thing. This is an interesting choice that I made tonight, Glenn. Uh, this is a beer from the Great Divide Brewery, which we've talked about before a couple times. We, I, I, I did the research. I deep dove into the podcast to find that we actually reviewed a winter beer that they did. And this is a little different. This used to be called the Haas Rye Ale. Oh, I okay. just I just saw why you why you picked this. Yes. Yeah, uh, but this, now they're they changed the name. They, they're they're calling it the Haas Oktoberfest Lager. Damn. So, um, I don't know if yes. the, the formulations have been changed at all. I'm not sure. I remember liking this in the past. I'm a fan of the Great Divide Brewery. Yes. The downside of the Great Divide Brewery, typically for me, is the price. Yep. A lot of times the price is about $1.50 or $2 ahead of, of, of what the median price for the beers that we look for on the MTS is. Tonight, I went to my local liquor store, and because it was an Oktoberfest uh, beer, and we're, you know, about two weeks past, well, we're about a week past October, mm-hmm. um, it was five ninety nine. Wow. That's... Which is like, uh, you know, I should have bought... I should have asked if they had like a hundred of these <laughs> and then invested in six hundred dollars worth there of beer. More in the back? Because uh, this is I, I I've had this one before. I remember liking it, but it's been a long time. So I, I I'm interested to try it again. I've only had the rye one. one. I've only had the the old school. 
I, yeah, this. Uh, they, I, I feel like they've kind of remarketed it as uh, as an Oktoberfest kind of thing, and it says Haas is based on the Mars and Lagers of Germany. Rich layered multi notes with hints of cherry and dark fruits dominate, while the unique additions of rye, well, while the unique addition of rye imparts a slightly earthy, spicy character. Interesting. So, so um, it still is a rye based. I think they're just kind of shoving that in the background. Like, okay. oh, this is an Oktoberfest. It's actually an Oktoberfest. Yeah, it's the Oktoberfest Rye. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, um, great divide. I, I really like their um, Denver Pale Ale. Yeah. That's really good. They also have... We were, we were pretty high on the Hibernation Ale, which is Hibernation their, their, Ale. Their, uh, yes. their winter the thing. And, yeah. and I've had a couple of them, so anyway. The so, Yeti. So, yeah. Good Imperial style. Absolutely. Okay, so cheers. Cheers. It's mm. pretty good. It's pretty good. The Rye is... Is it the rye? I, I, I'm, I can really taste the fruit, the cherries and stuff. It doesn't really taste very Oktoberfest. No, it really doesn't. Maybe that's my uh, old old uh, feeling about the rye, but it doesn't really taste very Oktoberfesty. But yeah, the, but yeah, the, the the fruitiness of it is very definitely coming fruits. through. Yeah, so they point. dominate. Mm-hmm. They certainly do. Absolutely. Mm. Okay, Glenn. Well. Uh, mm. What would your uh, what would your if you had to put a rating on this beer? What would your what would you ascribe to this uh, well, great divide, Haas? Let's see here. Well, now they're it, saying it's an Oktoberfest lager. That that seems a little weird to me. It's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of false advertising for me. Lager uh, seems especially egregious as a descriptor of this beer. I mean, you hold it up to the light; it is pretty clear. Okay. But, um, I mean. Yeah, they've 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 tinkered with a, a Marsden style lager, the October, the typical Oktoberfest, right? Mm. Which doesn't doesn't curry well for them. No, it doesn't. Doesn't curry curry my favorite. That's for right. sure. No, that's it. I still like the beer a lot. It's I just still pretty good. I just called it something other than yeah. So it's a little um, false advertising, I feel like. So I am gonna have to ding it a little bit for the false advertising. Yeah, but me too. it is a solid beer still. Yeah, it's smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think. Uh, I think all things considered, I would still give it a 7.9. 7.9. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was going to go 7.6. Okay. Because uh, I feel like... Okay, so we got the price normally is $9.99. Okay. That is a point. point. Are yeah, we, go- we, are we, we going we sell price about or that. are we going... Well, sell price was $6. That's, but that's just like because my local liquor store mm-hmm. discounted it. This would normally be $9 okay. Okay. in season and everything like that. So that's it's a higher... Uh, it's still good. Yes. I'm not cool with the branding of it or whatever. Yeah. Like as an Oktoberfest, that doesn't make sense. I would say the hop level is probably about 25, 23 to 25. Pretty low, I would say yeah. 23.5 to 25, something like that, <laughs> based on my... Uh, it's just a rough rough estimate there. It's only one point. I can't give you exact numbers because uh, we couldn't find it on the internet and <clears throat> they don't report it. So um, I would say 20 is a good solid. Yeah, it's, it's around, yeah, something around there. So not high on the hop level, which is good. Um, but still, you know, a little bit of false advertising. Very, uh, very fruity. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Glenn. So you said 7.9. I said 7.6. Uh, I just need to, the only thing that we need to do is find out what the MTS computer, the mustache twist stale scale, the stale mustache, the mustache twist <laughs> scale computer. Never stale. Never mustache stale. Twist always fresh. Scale. The mustache twist scale computer mm-hmm. uh, says about this beer. Mm-hmm. So we said I'm going to go with the 9.99 price because okay. that's the official price for it. Okay. Six, 5.99 was a luck, and uh, I feel like you know we, we got to go with the uh, standard everyday price that everybody's going to find out there. Uh, we also said the uh, alcohol by volume is actually 6.4 percent, I believe. So a six little, something, yeah, a little bit on the higher side, which is probably part of like why it doesn't 
feel like an Oktoberfest. Sorry, it was 6.2. 6.2%. Okay, that's not too much higher. Um, the uh, food pairings are <laughs> veal bratwurst, barbecue chicken, carnitas tacos. What? Kummerbert uh, cheese, uh, and German chocolate cake. Those are good. Those are the pairings for this beer. And then finally, uh, the IBUs we decided were between 20, uh, according to Glenn, and 25, 23.5 uh, to me. I, I think it's closer to 23.5. Oh, I thought, I was just saying, yes. A rough. If you had to go for a solid round number, it right. would be an easy. Okay. So, uh, so okay, we typed all this stuff in the NTS computer and uh, believe that it is printing out right now. And I'm just going to go get this uh, printout from the NTS computer and then we will continue with the. So you said, so Glenn said, okay, I got the printout here. Uh, Glenn said 79. 7.9. 7.9. And I said 7.6. And so the MTS computer is going to be the thing that really tells us, at the end of the day, who's it what? going to side with? Um, you know, last last two times, this has been two times when you've hit the nail on the head between you and yeah, I. Exactly. It's been a it's been a trifecta. Yeah, the MTS computer has really been surprising me with good results. But um, anyway, okay, so I found I got to the page here, and actually the MTS comes in at seven point seven five, seven point seven and a half. So. Um, you know, interesting. Interesting. MTS is ambivalent. Um, it is uh, the one main source on in the world for beer ratings, and so uh, you know we got to go with that. So the uh, the MTS comes in at seven point seven five. So your, your your deep cherry notes do not impress it. No, it's not the the uh, the the MTS is not impressed, mm. and uh, neither are we. Um, so anyway, uh, it's no it, the Haas is it's pretty good. Seven point seven five is not bad. It's not a thing. If you can find it for five ninety nine, yes, by all means. Were that the actual price, it'd be <laughs> eleven. <laughs> yeah, it would be a much higher rated mm-hmm. beer. Uh, but we can't we can't compromise. We can't compromise, and neither can the MTS. Right. Um, so anyway, Glenn. Well, that's now that that's settled. It's a good time to get into some interesting posts from gentlemen.com in the last two weeks or so. All right, Brian. Well, batting leadoff is a guy who's been on the site for a while. I personally don't like him very much. I honestly don't think many other people do as well. Um, I know I don't. Yeah. It's just a sentiment I've been getting, but his name's Glenn. Uh, his name is me. Mm. I am him. Right. And I posted, and it feels weird saying this, but I posted uh, something that I thought... It resonated with me, Brian. It resonated. I thought it was interesting because it really, re- for many different reasons, is very. Uh, it breaks the mold in a good way. Yeah. Um, it's called Steelers wide receiver rookie. Uh, excuse me, Steelers wide receiver used rookie signing bonus to buy cows for the family farm. Mm. And this is a story about a uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I think it's his. Yeah, twenty. So it's his third year in the uh, in the uh, league. And he's kind of an unknown uh, receiver, and a couple of injuries for a guy in front of him, a couple of injuries to the guys in front of him, and all of a sudden he's starting and he's getting a, he was I think he was just in the practice squad, but then he got called up. Right, I think yeah. And so he got his name's Kobe Hamilton, and he and he got the call. He's, he's playing professionally now, and he has been, and he's scored um, in two games. He's got five catches for seventy-two yards and a touchdown, which is pretty good for a guy who's never seen, you know. The NFL. Absolutely. Um, and it's pretty cool. But the cool thing about this guy is that basically in order to uh, pay for college, 
his mom and his dad, they have a farm. Right. Um, in Texas. Yeah, it's in Texas. They have a farm, and in order for him to, to pay their tuition, whenever they needed money, they would just sell one of the cows. The right. family cows. The, you know, uh, he's running low on cash. Well, yep. got to get rid of one of the cows. So one of the bovines. Yep. And so they'd move one, and it would last for a while, and they'd sell another, and sell another. And mm-hmm. Eventually, so he got out of college, and um, and so he got out of college, he got drafted, and then when he received a signing bonus, uh, he had a debt of $94,000. Oh, excuse me. With his $94,000 signing bonus, he repaid the debt from every one of the cows that he bought, plus he bought back a horse that he sold in high school to pay for it was like three hundred dollars for right, the horse, right? And he bought back this horse. But the the cool thing, uh, the 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 really the really interesting thing about this, Brian, is that when you see the picture of the receiver, mm-hmm. there's no way you think this is a farm. We live in the Midwest. We live right. in Farm Central, yep. right? I've seen many farmers. I've seen my grandpa was a farmer. My right. dad, you know, right. steeped in. And there's a guy with dreadlocks like right. down his shoulders, right? Not your prototypical farmer, but... Well, you don't think of, like, an NFL guy right. as being, like, your, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, Jordy Nelson's another example of a guy that's, like, a hardcore farmer that yeah grew up on, you know, mm-hmm. doing farm work and stuff with his brothers and ended up in the NFL. And now that, you know, with his uh, with his money, he's he's buying farmland in Kansas. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's how he's spending his money. Uh, but this is a cool story because it was funny. Like he was saying, like all the other you know rookies when they got their signing bonuses were out buying cars right. and like all the flashy stuff. And he's like, "Well, I'm gonna go buy all this cattle back from my <laughs> parents," uh, which is really cool. And yeah. uh, you know, uh, the, cheers to this guy for being uh, you know staying true to who he is. You know, he's not getting you know changed by the NFL or all the flashy stuff. Everybody suddenly you're surrounded by peers that are doing all this stuff with their money and like right. being idiots with it and he's like, "Well, I'm going to buy some cattle and buy my horse back and that's all I really want." So, it's pre- it's pretty cool. Yeah. And and it's another mm-hmm. good example. We we featured a few examples of NFL players who've yep. who've like stay, uh, you know, saved their money and, and instead, you know, bought farms and things right. like that or retired mm-hmm. early just yep. because they Mm-hmm. They could and yeah. done things like this, but it's got to be so hard when you're 22 years old to make the heart the the right decision. That's right. Hard. I mean, so. this guy's got a, a good head on his shoulders. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I I hope that he makes the team like permanently. I yeah. hope this isn't just yeah. a you know Absolutely. practice squad. But I will say, even if he doesn't, yeah. he's already made the investment wisely. So done. they've got all the cattle back. He's got his horse he's back. Playing with house money. Yeah. From now on, it's all gravy. You know what I mean? Man. So uh, well done. Well done, sir. Uh, Something else to, to be said for, you know, you brought up Jordy Nelson. Mm-hmm. Just like, growing up, I never, I, I lived in the country, but we didn't have a farm. I right. Mean, it was just, we just had some land. Right. And I ne- I knew you never mess with the farm kids because they're strong. Like, they will just whip the tar Tough. out of you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, there's something to be said. I don't know. There's that lifestyle, that hard work every day, yeah. work ethic. Yeah. Anyway. It's true, man. It's true. I think there's probably a lot of uh, uh, a lot of athletes out there that could could glean something from uh, working hard on a farm for 20 years and then going to the NFL. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, buying uh, cattle, buying cows, buying horses. You know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, speaking of buying cows, um, <laughs> this uh, <laughs> this article is uh, this next hack that we were going to talk about is uh, posted by uh, our good friend Lachriv. Lachriv. Yes. Um, it sounds like almost a James Bond villain or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
Um, Go member. <laughs> uh, this is called the Canadian Tuxedo. Can apparently be traced back to Bing Crosby. Um, you know the Canadian Tuxedo, which a lot of people may or may not be familiar with, is something that I turn that I've always ascribed to a, a derogatory term towards uh, wearing a jeans and a denim shirt together ensemble. And uh, I, I don't know. I didn't know the origins of calling it the Canadian Tuxedo, but that's you know up for debate and something that, uh, according to Mental Floss, has uh, has origins back to Bing Crosby. I was, I was going to say it's actually uh, is th- the Canadian Tuxedo is actually like the sport the matching sport coat and jeans like made out of sports. The matching the sport coat is a ge- is made out of denim basically. I've always understood the Canadian. Okay, so we have different uh, we'll, attribution. Like, we'll get to the bottom. Different, of this. different. Ish- okay, yeah, I'm interested to. Uh, I could be wrong too. I always thought. I like, always understood it as the top. It's like all, all denim. <laughs> okay, here we go. Well, yeah. Okay, so maybe we're. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a denim, <laughs> denim and denim. Okay, hang on. Denim and diamonds. Denim jacket and jeans. Yeah. Okay. So we're saying the same thing. Right. So not necessarily a denim shirt, shirt right. but... Okay. No, okay. So, so so basically it's like a denim jacket and jeans. Yeah. yeah. Like, lots of denim. Lots of denim, basically. <laughs> denim up top, denim on the bottom, and party in the middle. Um, right. Which is kind of in vogue right now. Yeah, exactly. Kind of. So anyway, a lot of people may be saying, like, how did this... I I didn't know where the, the this came from. But according to Mental Floss, Bing Crosby shows up at a Canadian hotel in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And he tries to get in the hotel. Unfortunately, he's wearing a Canadian tuxedo, as we know it now. And he's trying to get into this fancy pants hotel. And I bet he looked good, too. This is Bing Crosby. This is Bing Crosby. And uh, the hotel staff, this is this is a fancy pants hotel. So the hotel staff looking down their nose at him saying, no way you're coming in this place, you know? Yeah. Which is crazy. But anyway, somehow somebody recognizes Bing Crosby at the hotel and says whoa you know he might be wearing all denim but this is Bing Crosby so he's coming in the hotel that's right they let him in there eventually but uh, Levi Strauss hears about this uh, the Levi Strauss company and uh, makes him a full on Canadian tuxedo badass (laughs) tuxedo jacket made out of denim with all the appointments Uh, there was a corsage of Levi's, uh, the red Levi's thing in the thing. Rivets everywhere. Yeah, just like a crazy jacket. And there there was supposedly a note in there that said to all hotel men, um, this is a fancy patch jacket. And if, you know, this guy's wearing this jacket, it's good enough to get in anywhere in the world. So you better let this guy in. (laughs) My only question is like, how do you not recognize Bing Crosby? Yeah. In the 1950s, he was probably one of the... It was like 51, the, so it was early his, 50s. Yeah, but, but still, he started in like late he 30s, He was right? probably one of the most well-known celebrities in the world. And how do you... That's like... Maybe uh, he's in Canada, you know? Yeah, I guess. You know, I don't know. What, I, maybe, yeah. Maybe they didn't have movie theaters up there or something at the time. I don't know. Uh, anyway, thankfully, he got into the hotel, which is good. <laughs> Take off, your hoser. And now we have the term Canadian tuxedo, thanks to that, apparently. The first time I heard the term Canadian tuxedo, I cried laughing because it, there's just something about there's just something about it that just I don't know it just strikes me as hilarious. It is a, a, a yeah, it's a great term because uh, very apt because it, it sounds derogatory. 
It does. Yeah, it does. It sounds a little. Dark. I yeah. I, maybe Canadians, if they're listening, which I'm sure there's like a, you know a couple hundred thousand that are listening from Canada, Canada, um, which aren't listening anymore. Maybe no, nope, they, don't they like just anymore. turned us off. But look, uh, Bing Crosby. It's good for Bing Crosby. It's good for me. That's I'm right. fine with that. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, with Bing Crosby being attached to it, I feel like that kind of redeems the term right there. I would agree. So anyway, so that's interesting. Uh, if you want to look uh, learn more about that, you can go over to uh, podcast.gentleman.com where we'll link up that uh, gentleman's hack, and you can read the story about how Bing Crosby almost got kicked out of a Canadian hotel, but thankfully didn't, and then uh, coined and and founded the term Canadian tuxedo based on that experience. I love Mental Floss. What a great site! Yeah, it's, it is a good site. It is absolutely they uh, they get the best stuff. They get it done someday, Brian. Mm-hmm. Gentleman will be on Gentleman par. Floss. Gentle, <laughs> gentle floss. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. Um, the last tack we're going to talk about, Brian, mm-hmm. is from a well-revered gentleman member, Jordan. Yes. Um, and Jordan found a Time.com article mm-hmm. titled "A Snake Was Found on a Plane in Mexico." A mother snake <laughs> on the mother <laughs> plane. <laughs> Somebody call Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, is the lead into the story, and um, it turns out that much like the aforementioned movie Brian quoted, "Snakes in a Plane," uh, passengers on uh, the flight carrier Aeromexico mm. mm-hmm. were treated to a little uh, in-flight entertainment. Yeah, via a, a reptile that was a uh, dang. Dangling from the cabin ceiling while it was trying to slither along the light, yeah, you know, area mm-hmm. it looks like, yeah. And uh, there's a bright green snake. They never actually say what kind of snake it is. They're not sure, yeah. Um, but they basically radioed in control tower. Got a. We got a. We got a. We got a snake on the snake plane. situation. We got a snake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got a Samuel Jackson over. Yeah. And they gave him a priority landing clearance, mm-hmm. and they landed as quickly as possible. Yeah. Uh, in Mexico City, right, where the uh, workers secured the reptile. Mm, mm-hmm. um, now, my question to you, Glenn, is what if say say you're a passenger on this plane? Yes. What do you do? I probably. I mean, how often does that happen, Brian? I'm playing the odds here. That's got to be the only snake on that plane, right? Right. Maybe. Right. right? I don't know. Maybe there's more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I would put. I would have. I will say this. My trust for Aero Mexico probably. Uh, Eroded a little bit that day. Yeah, I've never personally flown any of their their airline uh, mm-hmm. luxury carriers, but I I probably would would uh, reschedule, re- rework my flight right. itinerary. Okay, so I was thinking about this. I was like, say you're on, say I'm on this plane. What am I going to do? Right <laughs> now, I don't I don't like snakes very much, but I've gotten better at understanding them. Yeah, you know, I I, mm-hmm. I I you know I living where I live at. We have a snake that hangs out around our house. We've had a snake in our house. Yes, um, you, you know, told me. Yeah, right. So I, I've had a, I've been forced to become more comfortable with snakes and handling them, not mm-hmm. handling them literally, but handling You're part of religious the emotions cult? of snake handling. Snakes. And I realized that I think I think I would if if this happened to me on a plane, I think I would attempt to snatch the snake really with my bare hands really yes you do i do for the safety of the other passengers there there's there's several reasons for this okay but 
you know, anytime something like this happens, I try to look at it logically. Okay. You know? And, and that, uh, that was the conclusion you went to logically? First of all, first of all, when I, when I fly, right, I get really nervous on planes. So when I fly, in the first, like, 20, 25 minutes, I get a whiskey drink, usually. Ah. <laughs> so I have yeah. a little bit of whiskey. Yeah. So I've just got a little bit of, like, fear medication. Liquid courage. You know, in me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also, if you think about it, uh, logically, when there's a snake hanging from the ceiling, and it's moving around, people are freaking out. They're getting yep. all out of swords. People, yep. it's, dang- it's a dangerous situation, because people are... People are out of control. Somebody's going to open the hatch and jump out. Exactly. Yep. Somebody's going to start, you know, hitting other passengers and Bedlam's going to stand out. <laughs> Trying to and, shoot it with a gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so, and also, I tra- like, I travel with Laura. Yeah. So, I'd be a little bit worried about that oh, as well. Safety, yeah. So, um, I feel like I would make a move towards the snake to subdue it in order to... Uh, not not to like, not because I was afraid for the other passengers, but more because I would be afraid of the bedlam that would be caused on the plane while the snake's running around. So it would be much smarter hmm. for everybody's safety to try to subdue the snake before it got around to everybody, basically. I also happen to know that most even venomous snakes do not result in deadly bites. Yeah. So for the mo- you're you're playing the odds on there. Land. That- even if you get bit, you're probably going to be okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, uh, so that, that, that would be, that would be the thing. Your, your story reminded me of a, uh, a story. Okay. Your story reminded me of another story. Yeah. Growing up in my hometown, right. small hometown, mm-hmm. Baldwin City, Kansas, there was a legendary football coach for Baldwin High. Okay. Merle Venable. Okay. And Merle uh, was a tough guy. I mean, he was, and he's huge, huge hulking guy, super tough guy, right? Right. right. And apparently, I think this is in the seventies, seventies right. or eighties, around that time period. Snake slid along the uh, mm-hmm. the fo- the practice football field, and and the guys, you know, the, the players, like, oh, you know, they're yeah. freaked out about it. He's like, what's right. going on over here? <laughs> and he walks, and they uh, say, oh, coach, there's a snake, and he's like, a snake, and he goes over and he takes a snake and he bites it in half. <laughs> he says, now who's afraid? <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That's making a statement. So that's what I'm thinking that you would... That would be a good statement to make on the plane. Blood running everywhere. Just bite it in half. Right. Make make it a a teaching, a talking point. That's right. For for those passengers. I probably wouldn't take it that far. But I I think in that situation, the logical thing to do would be to subdue the snake, make sure that everybody calms down, and then hold it until we could land. I've heard that you can like... If you grab the snake by the tail and swing it a certain way and then kind of like a whip, like you'll flip its head off. So maybe maybe that's Whoa. like a... I was thinking of trying to manhandle the snake, grip it in such a way that it could not bite me, yet, you well, know... Well, I mean, that, it's not going to be biting you if it's swinging through the air. That's true. It's hard to bite something when, when your head's... Yeah, our pet's heads are falling off. Uh, but anyway, Glenn, I, that's, what I, that's what I say what I, that I would do. Now... What the the test is when it actually happens in real life? What do I do? Yeah, I've said it. That that's what I was going to do, but yeah. now it's got to happen to me in real life to find out. Uh, anyway, Glenn. So yeah, uh, I it's <laughs> tough to say. Hopefully, I never have to find out what happens there. Right, but we're, we're going to see. We'll see. We'll see. I've got a long uh, life of flights ahead of me, probably. So you never know. It's like the mighty mighty boss tones lyrics to one of my favorite songs. I'm not a coward. I've just never been tested. And I'd like to think if I was, I would pass. Yes, exactly. 
Exactly. Okay, well, uh, that means it's time for the uh, Gentleman Toast this week. Mm. I think that was the uh, the third and final tactic we're going to talk about this week. Yes. And um, well, this week, the toast was too obvious for me to... Um, That's right. To, to, ...to even think about. Uh, the Chicago Cubs uh, went through a... How many year drought? 136, 138? 130, 130 some. Chicago Cubs are one of the... I think they have like the, the most passionate fan bases and lack of championship yeah. things, yeah. Uh, which I can kind There's of. There's tons of history with the team. Right. I mean, it's like a, mm-hmm. you know, the, the ballpark is so Wrigley you know, Field, it's yeah, it's a, revered and, mm-hmm. you know, they finally broke through and won a championship again. And some of the biggest names in Hollywood were there on hand of as course. Cub fans, of course, to uh, to witness this. Yes. And one of these fans is somebody we talk about a lot of times on Gentlemen, uh, Bill Murray. Yeah. And uh, after the Cubs won, uh, he was so beside himself with happiness. Uh, you know, one of the articles I read was that said, like, Bill Murray finally becomes the most happy person on earth. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, there's just several. He was doing all kinds of stuff. Doing yeah. interviews with people. Uh, house parties, singing yep. songs, uh, yeah. you know, just everything that you could imagine Bill Murray doing at that point, he was out there doing it. Uh, but the more, the most important thing is that Cubs fans, after years of futility... They broke the curse. Yeah. The curse of the goat. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I I was happy for him. I, uh, watching Game 7 was incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't. Up, I didn't get to watch it, but I, I checked out the recap and all oh, the highlights and everything like that. So unbelievable! Yeah. And of course, last year's uh, World Series champion Ben Zobrist, who played for the Kansas City Royals, mm. was there to. He played. He was the All Star. He was the the World Series MVP for the Cubs. Ah, okay. So of course, they, right. they needed a little extra help City. from us. You know, Kansas City guy. Uh, okay. No, it's pretty cool. I, I so I watching the watching game seven, they kept panning back to Bill Murray, but after that, like during the last few outs, mm. like right after they'd won, they panned to Bill Murray who's standing next to it. I'm pretty sure it was his son because his son coaches at uh, Xavier College of Basketball. Yes. He's an assistant yeah, coach. He's an assistant coach. And so yeah. I recognized him. I was like, oh, that's right. Anyway, so I was piecing this together and they showed the two, and it was hilarious because they both looked like little kids, and like the son was like. Did, did, we just, did we just win? You know, like, and they're like, you know, like, like little yeah. kids, so excited. It was yeah. super just, oh man, it was really cool just being a part of just, yeah. you know, when people have whole lifetimes have come and gone and you haven't mm-hmm. seen a championship and you, mm-hmm. and it's so important to, yeah. There's a, um, I think it was on Gentleman, uh, I, I think it was on Gentleman, um, but there, there was a fan who promised his dad. That he would listen to the Cubs game if they're if they're going to win the World Series. His dad made a promise: going to win the World Series, you got to listen to it with me. Uh, and he's like, "Okay, that's fine." So he drives to the cemetery where his dad he, he like died in 1980 or something like oh, that, wow. and listened to the entire game at with the him, cemetery, at the cemetery wow. with a little lantern. And uh, yeah, stuff like that. Just lots of stuff like that. Yeah, lots of stories like that where dads and sons and grandpas, and grandpas, and, yeah. and you know. All those people yeah. were waiting for this moment, and it, right. it came around. And you know, I think America, to an extent, was like looking at it like, even <laughs> if you're not a fan of you know whatever, it's just like everybody's pulling for the Cubs at that point. Thank God, something other than the election. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. you know. So, uh, so anyway, it's really cool. So I just wanted to send a toast out to Bill Murray and the world champion, That's right. uh, Chicago Cubs. That's right. I guess they had something to do with it too. Yeah, a little bit. But they, you had your year. Now the Royals going to win it in uh, 2017. So. Well, yeah, we'll see. Well, oh, we'll no, see. I mean it's already you know. I've called it. I don't know. Their statistics uh, department mm. needs a little bit of help, but mm. um, <laughs> uh, we'll see. Uh, anyway, Glenn. Okay. Well, that means it's time for the. Um, Topic. And uh, this week, Glenn, I, look, there's a lot of stuff going on in the elections. Things are in disarray. Everybody's upset. There's so much controversy about everything. And one man chose to leave the country and go to Russia. And that man is Steven Seagal. That's right. And and what I'm talking about is uh, apparently Vladimir Putin signed an executive order making sure that Steven Seagal was recognized as a Russian citizen. Spot here. Uh, citizen. Going forward. Putin on the Ritz, huh? Putin on the Ritz. Wow. Um, Steven Seagal, the martial arts expert from movies uh, in, from 1985 to 1988. Um he was hot. Yeah. Oh, he was hot. Uh, I remember watching a lot of stuff from him when uh, I was a kid. I'm trying to think if the names escape me now. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I'll just, you know, I can't remember what the name of the movies were. Doesn't matter. His Doesn't ponytail matter. is yep. legendary. Well, I was like, you know, a big Steven Seagal fan when I was, you know, eight years old and watched mm-hmm. those movies in the yep. 1980s. And um, this, uh, this is a little weird. It this is a little, a little weird. Apparently, he's always been a big fan of Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess they, like, Putin and Seagal met somewhere doing something. And Putin invited him to his house. And apparently, he has, uh, Putin has a statue of the creator of judo in his entryway or something. And Steven Seagal was quoted as saying, like, oh, I was like, wow. The first time I walked into his home, I saw a life-size statue of Kano Jiguro who was the founder of judo, so I was immediately taken and impressed and sort of wanting to get to know this man deeper and deeper. Mm. And apparently he has, because now he's a Russian citizen. I thought I read somewhere that they were actually like sparring buddies, uh, Putin and Seagal. Like they, I don't know. They were martial arts spar- sparring buddies. Like they probably are when. now. If Putin made an executive <laughs> order to make sure that he was uh, a Russian citizen. You guys, I don't ask for much. <laughs> Vodka? Right. And Seagal. Steven Seagal. All right. And Make uh, it happen. According to, uh, according to Russia, he is known for his warm feelings for our country, and he's never made a secret of it, and he's also a well-known actor, which gave grounds to make him a Russian citizen. <laughs> well, now, well, <laughs> well-known actor is where my ears get That's peaked. subjective. I would say well-known martial artist. Um, yeah, I mean, between those three years in the 1980s. What was the thing about, Steven Seagal, like, got beat up by Suge Knight or something? Oh, that guy beat Some, up everybody, didn't Yeah, he? <laughs> somebody, it wasn't Suge Knight, it was like somebody, somebody like, oh, it was a mob, it was like a mob thing, like the mob, oh. like, 
kidnapped, punched him in the nuggets or something. It was kidnapped over. Steven Seagal and was what? Like, it was the I don't know. I think when you're like a, a movie star, martial artist, I feel like you got a everybody, target on your back. Everybody takes a shot at you. Yeah, exactly. Like Chuck Norris. And I think I think Steven Seagal was one of those guys. And I think you know. <sighs> All right, Brian. Um, Who do you think would win in a fight, Chuck Norris or Steven Seagal? It's Chuck Norris. Okay. Yeah. So why why is it? See, and that's the thing. Is Chuck Norris a uh, resident of the USSR? No. I don't believe so. Right. I don't think they go by USSR anymore either. Well, uh, regardless, Glenn, uh, they're still Ruskies to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I just, so I don't understand why Seagal's, why he's wanting to become a Russian citizen. I think that's a little weird. I don't know. It's like Rodman in the... Uh, uh, North Korea? Yeah, North Korea. I just... I say, uh, leader. if you want to go to Russia, good luck to you, sir. That's right. Goodbye. That's right. It's the last time I watch blood point. fights blood or whatever. <laughs> blood point. <laughs> whatever movies. It, uh, Chicken wing? Yeah. I don't know. Chicken wing. <laughs> Chicken wing express. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it for me. <clears throat> Hold on. Let's look up some... Steven Seagal movies. Steven... Seagal. Above the Law, Hard to Kill. I remember those. Under yeah. Siege, maybe? Is that yeah, I remember that. That was on a boat. Yeah, oh, I remember that. The Glimmer Man. I don't remember that Who's one. Isn't The Patriot, really? Oh, weird. Oh. But not the... It's... Okay, that's a different Patriot. <laughs> not, 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 the, not, not the Patriot. Not the Mel Gibson, The Patriot. The other Patriot. The direct to video the patriot with steven seagal see around about 1998 is when the wheels fall off the wagon yeah he gets a little bit off into the uh the weeds as far as this <laughs> well he wasn't <laughs> a billy crystal movie called my giant with with the uh what's his name oh gosh oh yeah george murison yeah so so apparently it should even be news that he's he's a ruski now he joined the reds oh man wow he's got movies coming out still in 2016. From Russia with Love? <laughs> Actually, The Asian Connection. So Okay, so here we go. Steven Seagal, Muscled by the Mob. Okay? Uh, a crew of alleged mobsters demanded that he make movies with them or else. Uh, action film star Steven Seagal. He said he left a, 2000, uh, a year 2000 meeting with the men... And Seagal claimed one of them told him, if you would have said the wrong thing, they would have killed you. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he uh, he was extorted, Steven Seagal was, uh, after a falling out with his former business partner. So anyway, who knows? Was well, friends with Putin? Shakedown by the mob? Action movie star from the 80s? And 90s, apparently. Yeah. Just a lot of directed, directed movie movie it's tough for me to get get down on that guy you know that's right that's a, that's a life there that's right you're doing you're mr doing seagal right. this is your life <laughs> uh anyway glenn all right well on that note um that means it's time for the uh, final segment of the general podcast which is the questions from the gentleman mailbag and this week glenn um there's a very important invention hmm. that has is going to come out is coming out has come out, has been released. We haven't had a chance to get our hands on it yet, but I'm confident that both of us will be able to get a hold of one of these things. 
um, and that is the Nintendo Entertainment System, mm-hmm. uh, or NES, I've heard, for I've, short. I've heard about this. Thing. Yeah. Uh, this is a 8-bit uh, video game console. Eight whole bits? Eight bits. And uh, it is featuring 30 of the games that we grew up with, that we know and love, uh, we laughed, we cried, we, we hurled uh, with while we were trying to play them uh, and beat them all uh, <laughs> when we were kids. Uh, anyway, Len, the uh, question is, what's, which? so when you get handed your uh, Nintendo Entertainment System console, what, which games are you really looking forward to playing, like having a reunion with? And maybe which games that you haven't really played that you... Mm you know might want to dig into now well i'm i'm really excited um and looks like uh they've included so it's 30 games they have they're gonna release 30 games um and it looks like they're actually releasing some super nes games as well so you have super mario brothers super mario brothers 3 well super mario brothers was a nes game that was like the big nes game so okay i gotcha mm-hmm so I didn't. I didn't really have uh, a Nintendo growing up until later. Um, yeah, I know. So I'm, for those at my home, point in question. I'm so sh- Mario Brothers I'm shaking 3. my head right now. Look, here's the thing. They they put Super in front of it. It's not Super Nintendo. Okay. No. Okay. Regardless. Okay. I did love Mario Brothers three. Okay. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Zelda was great. I'm really looking forward to that one. Yep. <clears throat> Probably the Dark Horse here, Castlevania. I mm. love Castlevania. I never got into Castlevania because I think I did. That was one of the ones, the glaring omissions from my library that I didn't get into. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so, and Zyke, Excite Bike is like the game that frustrated me beyond all belief because it's so easy and yet so hard at the same time. Yeah, I, I played that a little bit, but not very much. So those would be my, those are my favorite. I was really disappointed that um, uh, Contra. Didn't make the cut. I'm going to talk about that a little bit, Glenn. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to good segue here. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that a little bit. So the games that I'm most looking forward to on the any Nintendo Inter- Entertainment System. Uh, first of all, Legend of Zelda. Yes. Now I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to open up my heart right now. Oh wow! And make a true admission about myself, and this isn't easy to do. This is a gentleman exclusive here. This is an exclusive. For the first time, I'm going to tell people. Ooh. I, I never told anybody this. Okay, I'm leaning forward. I never beat the original Legend of Zelda. Oh man! And I hope that. Uh, I just really hope that people understand. I got so close, but I couldn't beat the original Legend. Just of let Zelda. it out. Just let it out. I couldn't beat it, and I, I, I got to. I, I had my Nintendo Power Guide and everything. <laughs> And I couldn't, I never beat it. So I got 99% of the way there, but I couldn't get it done. I couldn't get the job done. You didn't use any cheats, I'm guessing. <sighs> so I didn't have the Game Shark. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yep. so anyway, the point is, Glenn, this is my second chance. This is my... Shot of redemption. This is, <clears throat> this is my, you know, a shot at the big leagues again. Mm-hmm. One more time, I can go back to go back on the field a battle and, and hopefully come out victorious this time um and so you know uh, that's what i'm really looking forward to you know that was hard for me to say uh i never beat mike tyson in punch out yeah 
I only got... See, I didn't get very far either. I, I always had to play it at a friend's house. So I didn't really have the time to devote my, you know... I got to, to I got to Mike Tyson. You got to Tyson, okay. I got to Tyson, and he whooped the shit out of me. <laughs> like, in no uncertain terms, it was not a fight. So, uh, anyway, so mm. I, I'm getting to a theme here. Uh, I haven't... There's a couple... Of, I, I've got an axe to grind with a couple of these games, because I never, like, won the game. So, I've got to... i got to get back to it. Ten-year-old Brian is going right. come back here. Now, the tables have turned. That's right. Because my intellect has uh, <laughs> blossomed. And I'm coming after you, oh. level 10 on Zelda. Hopefully you're... And uh, your motor skills too. Well, <laughs> we're gonna find out about that. Uh, but the other one I'm looking forward to. Okay, well, so the other part of this. Okay, so uh, Punch Out, uh, Zelda, uh, Zelda, probably Super Mario. I mean, yeah. I, a Super Mario again. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, that was that was one that I can remember as being like the first, yeah, Nintendo Entertainment Sucked System, in. yeah, game that I played. You know, I remember playing it and everything like that. Um, games that I didn't really play. That were part of this, okay? Mega Man Two. Yes, I, I never really played that one. I don't it's know, awesome. I don't know how I these these cartridges back in the day. People don't understand these cartridges were like sixty bucks. Yeah, they were super expensive, yeah. and so it was like you had to, you know, you're working with your parents on Christmas to try to like yeah. figure out what the games were going to be. It yeah. was hard to get all the games, or you stole them. Yeah, well, I, mean, I didn't. You know, I mean, some people stole right them. exactly. Uh, so Mega Man Two, I never played that, but it's like a. a apparently a very well-known castlevania again i never really played that one very much but apparently it's a very well-known game so i'm looking forward to that one and the biggest one i think which i'm really worried about Mm -hmm. that i never played Mm. is called super c now do you know what super c is glenn hang on a second here is it on this list yes did i pass it super c is contra 2 what? So it's not the original Contra. It's oh. Contra oh. 2. Oh. So it's kind of Contra. But will it be worse or will it be better? I don't know. There's a lot of overlap, I guess, but it's not quite the same. So I think it'll scratch the itch, but I'm oh, not yeah. I'm not 100% confident oh, it's going to yeah. be as as I got to get one of these things. <laughs> Um, I can see you and me playing Contra <laughs> over here. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The thing I love most about that game is how the guns sound. Yeah, it's like the the the, the, the I can't. I I, wa- I watched a, a thing today because I found out it was, it was Super Contra, and I, I watched it. Apparently, the Super C thing came from the Iran Contra affair that was going on at the same time, <laughs> and they were like worried about using that same name. So they're like, we're just gonna call it C Super C. You know? Oh, okay. So anyway, it's a little politically correct. I, I was just I was flipping through the 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 list of games and I saw it. And I was like, that looks like Contra, and then it said like Super C, and I was like, wait a minute, it's like Super Contra, and so I yeah. Um, but oh, man. the thing is, man, I was watching a video of like a guy that was comparing Super Contra to the original Contra today. Oh, and he had the music going and everything, and I just, I remember the music. I remember oh, yeah. all the levels. Oh yeah. So. I don't know. Um, his verdict was that Super Contra and Contra are both badass games. Yes. Um, of course they are. So, anyway. But I, I had friends uh, when I was growing up, and we would we would use the Konami code 
to get 30 lives in Contra. Yeah. And then I would we we would both sit there for two hours or whatever it was <laughs> and play Contra. And we beat it every time. Oh yeah. But it was like a like it was like a combined mission to oh, like man. beat, you know, I got this, I got this, you got this, you get this, get that, get get, get that guy, you know, get, yeah, get, get him. And it was when I was a kid, that was that was bliss. Yeah. That was bliss right there. So anyway, um, all kinds of memories like that come flooding back when I look at yeah. games. I played. I see Tecmo Bowl is on this list. I never played Tecmo Bowl. I always played Tecmo Super Bowl. Okay. I don't know the difference. Tecmo As- Bowl. I, I I didn't play Tecmo Bowl either. That's one that I'm really. I've played it a couple times, but I didn't really get into it heavy. And that's mm. what I'm I'm excited about doing that. Right, Tecmo Super Bowl. Tecmo Super Bowl. I would always get the uh, 49ers. Okay. Joe Montana, of course. Mm-hmm. Maybe Steve Young. I believe but Tecmo sweep Daniel Craig to the right every time. I believe uh, Tecmo Bowl is the Bo Jackson. Uh, he's able to get a touchdown every time. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I will like this game. Depending, it's like you run up and down and diagonal, and you're able to get a touchdown. <laughs> oh, that's the way to yeah. fake out the, the mm-hmm. machine defenders. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to feeling the blisters on my thumb from the control oh, yeah. pad. You know, playing a game so hard that you your finger hurts at the end of it because you've, like, control yeah. padded down so hard. Yeah. You know? that's I miss that about Nintendo. Mega so. Man 2... That's a, that's a. I think I was more into Mega Man three, but I'm sure Mega Man two will be good. Yeah. And Kirby, Kirby was a fun game. I didn't. I never played that one really. Yeah. This is gonna be a Ninja Gaiden was. I remember that one. I did have that one. I was pretty into it. Yeah. Uh, there's some glaring omissions though. There are on this. Uh, I remember an NBA basketball game that I played. Yeah. That was really good. That I didn't get on this. Kung Fu was a game that mm-hmm. I played quite a bit, and that's not on here. Um. So you know. I guess it's kind of like the uh, you know the the slim TV bundles that they're coming out with yeah. their stuff now. They've got to they got to pick 30, 30 games. They can't pick ninety. So are, are we going to be able to a la carte more games? How's this going to work? There's no internet connectivity on this deal, so you're stuck with what they <laughs> they stick what they give you, which is probably why it's sixty bucks. Yeah, it's sixty bucks. So they you know I'll buy another one. <laughs> I yeah the NES two sure yeah whatever. See what would have been brilliant would have been if they had had a cartridge that was like these are the these are the original games and this is the, your cartridge that you put into the NES you know because I would have bought the sixty dollar system yep thirty dollar cartridge yep and then the second cartridge I would have bought another one you know cartridge two and you stick it in you push it down and you like play man I can't you know? tell you. Kids these days don't know what it's like. Uh, it's dumb. Yeah. Playing back right. then, we're like, your brother farts, or somebody shuts a door down the hall, and it like restarts your game. Yeah. No! Exactly. Right. <laughs> I remember blowing on cartridges, yeah. trying, to get, trying to get Come it on. Blowing yeah. into the machine. Right, like, yeah. Tapping it in a yeah. certain spot. Exactly. Exactly. Shoving stuff in there to try to get the... <laughs> The spring yeah, you to stay to down. It down. Yeah, <laughs> all kinds of stuff you had to do. Ah, uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to it. Um, this is going to be exciting. Those guys must have made a pant load. They're get, yeah, and they're going to sell. You know how hot this NES is going to be this Christmas. Oh. Everyone's going to buy one. Everyone. I need to send Lynn a little nudge pointer towards this little item on Amazon. I don't think uh, I don't think any nudge is necessary. I feel like everybody, every man in America. That is around our age, give or take yes. ten years. Yep, plus or minus. This would be the best gift that you could. I mean, sixty dollars uh, for a place in someone's heart—that's so cheap. Sixty dollars for the ability to have that person ignore you for 
Yeah. Like a right. year. Not be bothered by it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Not be bothered by it. I wonder how, if you went back to front, 30 games, if you just sat here and you were like, Oh my gosh. I'm just going to like beat all these games. How how many hours of entertainment would that be? <laughs> that would not... I would... Gentlemen would not be here anymore. Like We would just like sell the thing down the river. Right. So the next podcast will be in uh, two months when uh, we're gonna make like the equivalent of Twitch for like old school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Instead of using video, we're just gonna talk about what we're, we're gonna doing. take Polaroids of our Nintendo Entertainment System. <laughs> Brian's jumping over the river. <laughs> get that guy! Get, get that guy down there! Uh, anyway, Glenn. All right. Well. Uh, so anyway, mm. uh, that's that's a small taste of what we're mm. looking forward to. But uh, this comes out on November 11th, which is today. So um, we should get our hands on our one pre-orders. Of these I know should be uh, shipped. Should, uh, yeah, we should get our hands on one of these things. Mm-hmm. We should go to the store right now and get one of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Glenn. So okay, well, let's get. I'm, I'm glad we we both had two different experiences with Nintendo, and uh, we've come to some conclusions about where we need to spend our time. So yeah, we've got a roadmap. Yeah, yeah, we got it all figured out. Yep. Right. Okay. We'll see you guys 2017. <sighs> it well at some point in 2017. <laughs> Right. Uh, I've got some Galaga to play. That's right. So, um, anyway, you like but, Galaga? I did. That was so. I had an Atari. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah, and Galaga was like my jam back in the day. Pac-Man and Galaga were like, yeah. you know, yeah, pretty high up on the list. Those are those are good. Those are good Atari games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still remember playing Pac-Man with my dad. Like, I mean, getting out the Atari. This is this is going to date me like horribly, but when I was like a little little kid, mm-hmm. they got me Atari for Christmas and I got it out, we plugged it into the television and I played my dad in <laughs> in um you know, the two controllers or something with yeah. Pac-Man. And I don't remember if we alternated or what we were doing. But he got a kick out of it too because it was like you know, it was new technology. Playing a video game at your house? Like, On my is, television? Yeah, this is crazy, yeah. you know? It was, like, weird. And my dad was, like, super, like, into it. Because it was, like, you know... Who is this gift for? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Then um, he kind of... He didn't really... He wasn't into video games after that or whatever. Because it was just too... Yeah. It's too weird, you know? But, yeah. like, the novelty of it, though. I remember him getting a, a big jolt out of it, so... Yeah. Anyway. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, Glenn. Well, um... That was episode 101. We just finished up 100. That was a good episode. It was, yeah. Uh, surprisingly. Surprisingly. Barely. You, you tasted a wonderful beer. Yep. <laughs> and, if you didn't uh, listen to episode 100, Brian tasted my homebrew, which um, scored a surprisingly low, what, 50? It depends on how you look at it. Surprisingly high or low, depending <laughs> on the mood. It was, uh, to be fair, the beer was not good. Mm. So, yeah. anyway. Well, better luck next time. That's right. And there will be a next time. And speaking of better luck next time, um, time to wrap up episode number 101. 101. In the books. It's in the books. And I am ready to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I'm Brian McKinney, Glenn. I'm Glenn Stansberry. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. We will catch you next time for episode 102 in two weeks. Uh, Get your Nintendo Entertainment Systems, and let's compare notes. Adios, friends.